0: Welcome to Live, Laugh, Shut the Fuck Up and Listen. I'm your co-host, Katie Leeds, Chief OWL and Outstanding Women Leaders, Professional Coaching and Podcasts. And you're a strategic partner for OWL Things Leadership and Life.
1: And I'm Marissa Senzaki, a holistic career coach and startup consultant on a mission to make human resources more humane.
0: And today's episode, we're talking about the concept of finding your purpose. Marissa, I know that this is something that you're passionate about. (laughs) The two for your personal brand in the world is passion. What do we got for our thought leader of the week today?
1: Yeah, so I was scrolling through the Instagram Reels this week and saw a post from, I believe, was Mind Valley Academy um, in an interview with Naveen Jain, and I thought it was interesting. He said, "Passion is for losers." Uh, he said, passion is for hobbies. The real winners have obsessions and obsession is a relentless pursuit of purpose. When you find your true purpose in life, you never lie in bed. So Naveen went on to talk about how, uh, you know, even if you wake up in the morning and you spend only two minutes laying there in bed before you get up, uh, that's bad. It means you haven't found your purpose and you need to keep looking for something else or do something else. And To be obsessed with finding the solution to a problem you care about. Um, Now, I think that's great for all the A-type people that are like him, a a lifelong serial entrepreneur and founder. Uh, Looked him up a little bit on LinkedIn. It looked like he worked at Microsoft for six years from about 1989 to 1996. And then everything post that has been founder, founder, founder. Uh, He currently... Found uh, founded a at-home microbiome test and is doing some stuff in space exploration. Um, but I think not all, all of us are, you know, space explorers. Not everyone has that ambition or drive. And a lot of us are just looking to figure out what is our purpose or what can we be passionate about in life. And that brings up also the idea of If you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. Um, Katie, I know you have some experience feeling more passionate about what you're doing. What do you think about
0: that? Mm, Well, I want to start with what you said about real winners and their truth. (laughs) Yeah. Um, what I think about that is every time I have a client who says, I've been looking 62 years for my purpose mm-hmm. or insert however long the 62 year old really stands out for me. She was told uh, a Mark Twain quote, the are two most important days of your life, the day you were born and the day you find your purpose. And I got to let her know that her human design is that she does not have a purpose her and as you read about what it says for her purpose it is to be surprised every day and to surprise others which of course lived up to her purpose but imagine the disappointment that she felt and the words that she used were dagger to my heart learning that this thing she'd been seeking for 62 years didn't really exist and what it goes on to tell her is that as she looks back on her life Her purpose will be unveiled and it will be easy to see and it will revolve around communications, which she happened to have just taken the first steps for her team to be seen as thought leaders, funny enough, in their industry. But it was very hard for her to swallow. At the same time, she had another story of someone who said that the most successful people wake up in the morning, right? They're out Mm -hmm. of bed by 5 a.m. They're not wasting the day. And she tells me about how she did that every single day for a year. And then COVID hit and it fell off and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, when I told my husband, we weren't going to do that anymore. He was relieved. And I asked her, what life did that bring you? And she said nothing (laughs) other than being tired and like not liking it. And, And like they came to kind of enjoy it, but it didn't bring her what she was promised. It didn't bring her anything that she didn't already have in her life. Mm -hmm. And when we have these black and white statements, as you had said before, um, we become obsessed with being right, which is what I hear for him in his becoming obsessed for the solution. And I have the shadow of opinion and judgments. I have been obsessed with what's the best solution to bring to someone. And I also have the gift of all knowingness, which says, depends on what gift they need. I don't say that human design is the best. I, uh, I happen to enjoy my work. So back full circle to never work a day in your life. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I think the real work of that work is showing up when you are tired you know I love my job but there are days where if I didn't have to work I would go out and you know take a walk in the sun or I would take a nap like um so there's work involved in follow you know doing some of those tedious tasks like showing up uh it is this idea I think that you can't have joy while working and for me that is the difference is I feel very fulfilled at the end of the day, but I work hard. Mm-hmm. I imagine that's how farmers felt, you know, before we built this whole corporate America structure is, um, you know, there's a lot to be said for being able to move all day and get your hands in the dirt and having this sense of doing things that you love. I have clients that are farmers, but they still work.
1: And I'm trying to imagine what that must have felt like to have a client be told that there's no certain purpose for her within human design, Um, especially when we're just like taught, I think most of us growing up that we're supposed to find our passion and that we all have this purpose in life and it's life is about figuring out what that is. Um, Imagine the relief if she didn't have to have that
0: I mean, that's why she was so sad. And she did talk about that. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And about 45% of people are designed to have what we call an open center in this identity purpose place. We think of, you know, words are energy and this idea of a purpose or or, um, uh, passionate, like whatever you call it, that's an energy source in our body. And those of us that are open are meant to not have this ego that says, this is my purpose and this is my passion. Mm-hmm. And those of us like myself that are fixed, I, my job is to deconstruct from my ego and be okay with not always having to do that. There's a lot of ego involved in even owning that passion versus just living it or purpose, mm-hmm. whatever word he doesn't like. And I'm not surprised that the, that passion is for losers hit you so hard. Because the two, for profile, which is 70% of your personality is their personal brand is passion. doesn't mean that you have to be passionate about things, but you're passionate about calling out thought leaders and that <laughs> shines. So of course that's stuck in your craw, just like it stuck. And like those two examples of that woman where she was trying to prove herself, the only two open energetic centers she had in her life or feeling like she should prove herself and feeling like she should have a purpose. And doing both of those things brought her not the life that everyone told her it would bring. So we've got to stop telling people. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing when people are like, wait, not everyone is like me. I too went through that revelation.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I, I do think when we have these very binary ideas of what is right and wrong, or as Naveen puts winners or losers, um, it does make people feel inadequate or like there's something that they're not doing correctly, that if they just change this about themselves, then that would be the one solution to all of a sudden having me- more meaning to life. And, you know, it's funny you mentioned your client getting up early in the morning as well. And Naveen's talking about two minutes laying in bed is a waste and I've brought up before uh, Mel Robbins, who most of her stuff I like, but the whole counting down from five and then like jumping out of bed and how that like was the pivotal moment that like changed her life. And now everyone's, Oh, I'm going to try that too. I'm going to count down to five and jump out of bed. I mean, (laughs) I think you do what works for your energy and your body and
0: how you're productive and creative. Yeah. And we also forget, you know, the, the binaries, the dualities, you know, when you bring the the two dualities together, you get totality. (laughs) And so they both have to be exist. And those people like Mel Robbins are wanting to say, hey, this worked for me, you should try it. Like we are humans to experiment. Um, But I think we missed it, Mel, on um, what does that life bring you if you're jumping out of bed every day? And does it bring the same thing to anyone? And also like, let's get underneath. What exactly are we trying to bring more in life? What stood out to me that that guy did say is, um, is this idea that we wake up great. If you're living your purpose, blah, 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 you wake up grateful and just excited. And so I do remind myself when I'm waking up the same way I've woken up for 40 years, tired, cranky, and looking for a cup of coffee. This is my morning routine, and I love my morning routine. Some of us are creatures of habit. We have our own rhythm. Like, let us have our own damn rhythms. Fuck! Stop trying to push me out of my rhythm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. My rhythm is to have, you know, a little tiger snooze for five minutes before I get out of bed. Let me have the rhythm. You know, the rhythm is working for me. When I was showing up late to work because I was struggling to get out of bed, that rhythm wasn't working for me. But I was struggling to show up on time because the work was stressful and the people were unkind. So yeah, we can five, four, three, two, one, and get out of bed. Eventually we all do that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm a snoozer too. So my morning routine is usually I let myself snooze at least once. Um, But I like to do some breath work, do a little bit of morning meditation while I'm still laying in bed, maybe a light stretch. I get up and I have some water um, and I try to practice some gratitude. Otherwise, I think the the prior morning routine I had when I hated my job was waking up and just being like, why do I have to get out of bed? Because I can't wait till I can just end the day and get back into bed. <laughs> and that was like definitely some low-grade depression from staying yeah. in a job that was like slowly killing my soul. Like
0: every day I was just like, I, I don't want to do yeah. this. And so Mel Robbins telling people, we know you're having low-grade depression. You got to get out and you got to seize the day. Is putting band-aids on. This is the shit that goes viral because companies are like, yes. Before we had the online stuff, you know, we got temperance, we got prohibition because we, you know, the com- the owners wanted the people to show up sober for work, <laughs> and the women supported it because they wanted their husbands to stop spending their money. <laughs> like this is how this and beating them when they got drunk. Like this is how we push that is because corporations deemed it to actually be good for the people. And then guess who didn't follow it? People that made the rules, right? Rules for thee, not for me. Mm-hmm. So of course, Mel Robbins is going to make it viral because she's telling people how to put band-aids on their life and how to, you know, trick themselves into enjoying their work again. That's essentially, it someone asked me today about how do you coach through people through burnout? And I'm like, Where do you think you're going to (laughs) go? You're burnt out. We can start to heal the nervous system. You could hold meetings every day where you, instead of talking about it and how you're expressing your emotions, you're starting to rewire your nervous system. You're starting to, you know, maybe they decide to leave after that, but you're giving them their agency back. When people are burnt out, they don't trust themselves. And we tend to leave our body and disassociate from the body. Versus coming back home to it to find out what it is we actually need to do. So forcing your body is not allowing you to be there. And also let's have a thought leader next week that talks about the subconscious and these really (laughs) important dreams. Like Einstein used to fall asleep with metal balls in his hand that would hit the ground by the time he got out because he wanted to remember his dreams. Was that Einstein or Tesla? It was like one of the great thinkers. Mm -hmm. It might've been both. So I like to enjoy having some of those little subconscious thoughts that I get that I wouldn't normally have if I was 54321ing. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I do get my ass out of bed. You know, if I have a 6 a.m. call, then I don't need to snooze. I only want to wake up when that alarm goes off. Right. Mm-hmm. My internal clock always knows when it wants to get me up. It doesn't fail me. All of these techniques,
1: the the word that comes to mind is productivity hack. Like that's kind of you know the trendy thing that that? everyone's doing. CEOs
0: of companies trying to get the most out of their people. Right. Stop trying to hack your shit, people. (laughs) Yeah. What's wrong with being who you are? (laughs) Um, and this idea of winners and losers again back to the the duality and creating this totality of, um. I don't think people die on their deathbed thinking about how they weren't a real winner because they were weren't obsessed enough with something. It just says that all all those lost two minutes, all those lost two minutes
1: over, you know, 75 years of life. What could could they have done with it?
0: What could (laughs) they have done with it? And more importantly, what would that life have brought them? And I assume for Mel Robbins that life does bring her more than she had before. I believe she also works for herself. So if she doesn't want to get out of her bed for herself, she might want to do a little digging there. (laughs) Just kidding.
1: So So, yeah, go ahead.
0: Well, I was going to say,
1: explain about human design, like what that is exactly and how that can give us insight into finding purpose, if that's what we're looking for.
0: Yeah. So it's very unbiased because it just wants to know the location that you were born, the time and the date. And I just had a conversation with a friend who was telling me about her breakthroughs in therapy and attachment theory, actually using a lot. She loves that using a lot of these tools. Then she was describing those things. I'm looking at her human design and gene keys, more importantly, the gene keys which shows us the patterns that we're going to live in our life from zero to seven, from eight to 14 and from 15 to 21. It doesn't know what is going, who our parents are. It doesn't know the experiences we're going to have in our life, right? It just knows our birth information and they track identically. Same thing with the Clifton strength finders. If you're looking at your human design chart and you're trying to figure out what you're good at, it's right there for you. And When you read it for someone, they do know it's true. (laughs) Like it sounds just like them. And we have that whenever we get a Clifton or we talk about the attachment theory, it absolutely rings true for you. It's really just how do you want to write the story? You land on my website, my logo underneath says rewrite your story. Do you want to rewrite the story from a place of this was written in the stars? And these are the gifts I have. These are the shadows. This is the purpose. And I know all this to be true because when I read it, to, I've read it, over 200 people now that there's thousands, tens of thousands out there in the community of the readings. We know that it uh, resonates for people. And it also gives this quiet permission to let go of real winners, wake up obsessed with their purpose type thoughts, like this poor woman. And you can write the same story with different, you know, psychologies. You could go to every, you know, the Bible, you can go to wherever you want to write your stories. Uh, I've just never seen anyone feel like their story. Like when people say, I think you've just read my soul, or I feel like a fortune teller just read me on the street. It's a way for you to write a story on your own terms, because ultimately you contemplate and shape what it means to you. So then would you say
1: purpose is something we find and no. that we have to search for?
0: <laughs> no, I think the purpose is when I had this client, you know, I have known my purpose and my identity from such a young age. I have a lot of strong energy in that channel. I also have very strong energy in the timing channel, which is why I didn't think I needed to learn how to spell or uh, do math problems super fast, because I guess I, I do, it does say I'm supposed to be able to predict the future. Um, And then the future says I wasn't going to have a calculator in my pocket and it was wrong. Um, Spell check's also in my pocket. I've always been teaching people. I was teaching stuffed animals. You know, I was, that's a five, one personality profile trait. Uh, Shannon and I have the reverse of our personalities and our and Shannon mm-hmm. was like, Oh, I was the class clown. People thought I would be the most likely to be famous. And I'm like, Yep, I was the one that wanted to be funny and famous. And I didn't talk to people. <laughs> <laughs> like I had my small little places where I thrived. Well, she's meant to thrive in a, a network of people. I'm meant to thrive in partnership. I'm like, that's why I had the one friend that thought I was funny. And the one, <laughs> and that's why I still have that friend today, even thinking of my work with people with individual I left the classroom like getting into one-on-one uh, mentoring that I led or one-on-one coaching I meant to thrive in partnership I think I'm most powerful in partnership for people and large groups I am powerful as well uh, I create sparks but thriving is a little different you know a Tony Robbins is very powerful in a group setting um, and it's just leaning into the mechanics just gives you permission to experiment in a way that already just feels natural for you. And you can look at my career, my life. Like I, um, as much as there were times where I felt like I was being authentic, cause I wasn't speaking my truth per- perhaps, or, uh, I've lived it for better or for worse, depending on who you ask, I've lived it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so has this woman, by the way, she was looking for it. You know, it's like, um, The Wizard of Oz is what I usually use. And the kids are getting way too young. They don't know about Wizard of Oz anymore, you know, but I, you know, the wizard never gave the Tin Man something that he didn't already have. And this is not giving you something that you don't already have. Mm.
1: And that's what I like about these concepts is that it's kind of always there with you. It's sort of innately what you were meant to be and how you were meant to be. And I don't know if maybe we've sort of got lost along the way, listening to other thought leaders and trying to trying to emulate what they're telling us to
0: do. Mm-hmm. Or even trying to psychology our way. You know, we do have mm-hmm. this, we've got a label, we've got a box, we've got to put things around it and we can only ever see things from our own lens and that also makes us susceptible to wanting to look for, like, you know, there are nine things we're all like energetically, you know, programmed for, and um, we're always comparing, right? That's my mm-hmm. comparison is the thief of joy. When we're comparing ourselves and looking at our notes versus their notes, they're not supposed to match, which was so freeing for me to realize that I'm not supposed to have this, you know, giant network of people that I hang out with on a regular basis. Like she floats and floats, and it's huge. But I can show up in any city, quite a few cities. And well, no, I say that. I can show up in any city and make a new bestie because I have a track <laughs> record for that.
1: Yeah. And I think that's, you know, we you talked about labels um, with attachment theory work. I do, I see that a lot of people cling to whatever, um, attachment style they are. And they'll say, well, I'm, he's avoidant and I'm anxious or I'm fearful avoidant. So that's why I'm this way. And it's like, you know, it's, it's good for, I think, understanding patterns and tendencies, um, or how you might've been conditioned over your, the course of your life, but it doesn't need to be your identity.
0: Yeah. And what do you want different? And I like that you Mm -hmm. say that identity because I have this, um, You know, my lived experience makes me relatable. It's part of my story, but I don't identify as it. Right. When we read a story, it's because like, it's already happened. This is a past. It's like going back to a history book. And we do try to do that, right? We rewrite history. Well, we left this out. We left that out. Everybody has a different perspective, And as I learn to love what is, you know, I can move towards more expression of gratitude and love and letting go. Dolores Cannon always says at some point you have to get over it already. Uh, Bringing your power back to you. It's not about dismissing. It's not toxic positivity, but, um, it is recognizing that that is part of my lived experience. And as if we're not finding purpose and meaning in that, then what, why are we living, right? To live is just struggle. We've got to find that purpose and meaning. But more importantly, you know, from a human design perspective, we're looking at what are the great things? <laughs> what are these, um, what is your highest possible expression, of your DNA or your water, you know, 70% of our body is water. And have you seen the study of the crystallized water and what happens when you uh talk badly to the water? And then if you talk positively mm. and then they froze them, it was I like have. This, it's beautiful, crystallized yeah. the positive. They look like snowflakes. Yes. And the negative was like mm. chaotic and dark, even like it completely changed the structure. Yeah. They did another one with tears too. They looked at like
1: tears of happiness versus sadness and different emotions. And those also had drastically different shapes
0: and patterns. Yeah. So if we are done being so proud of ourselves as humans and thinking we've figured everything out, maybe we can remember that we are chemical soup. We're so obsessed (laughs) with the brain, right? The brain, the brain, the brain, like, Um. you know. The moon brings the tide in and out. And for women, it brings another tide, like we are (laughs) 70% water. And if water is impacted that way, most of it's crystallized, just like this water. We want to raise the frequency. And when we identify with lower frequencies, then we live that experience. Mm. And resilience, you know, I told you this week, the planets were messing with me. I cannot believe I say that now. Hilarious to me. I guess because i didn't understand astronomy and i didn't understand neutrinos and i didn't understand the water but with this knowledge now i just was like let me see what's happening because i have actually done poured coffee on a cup many times Martha i'd done it earlier that week <laughs> And of course it that would be really emotional for you. And I sent it to my friend who's an emotional authority five one. I said, is this what it's like to live like you? She said, yes. And I, said, I just wrote back unsubscribe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and by the end of the week, uh, and so that was Thursday. <laughs> end of the week though, um, you know what unraveled was some like things that have been sitting out here that I'm like falling apart on. I didn't realize my email wasn't working even. Uh all of a sudden all of these things come together in this really positive way. Like I the resilience is that I had a low vibe 10 minute, probably five minutes because I had a coach. I had a low vibe five minute and I was able to recover. It also helps that my three, five partner just laughed at me when I was mad at him. <laughs>
1: So what great insights do you think you've taken from human design in terms of feeling like you have passion and, and feeling like you're on the right path to whatever that purpose is for you?
0: Mm. I just think it gave me permission to do what I've always done, which is not, you know, to not mm-hmm. stress about those things, knowing my money line is a six, like, yep, that's how I make it when I'm just low in. Um, It's just permission to let go of um. You know, you want to, when you build a business, you want experts, you want to talk to, this is the hard part. You know, you get sick, you do wonder, should I have this expert opinion? Or is this one that I can doctor Google Um, or doctor, you know, centuries of people that have passed on information that can easily, you know, fix your ailment. Uh, It just allows you to listen to your body to decide, is that the right answer for me?
1: Mm Mm-hmm. And I think what you've taught me with, um, with human design, like understanding my profile has also given me permission to just stop trying to explain myself or present myself in a way that works for someone else. Like we're different, you know, and if you need a whole PowerPoint presentation for me to explain to you why we need to invest in a vendor at work. We're just different. <laughs> I yeah. just know, I know from my 16 years of experience doing this, what is going to work and what isn't. And I want to work with people that trust in my experience and my knowledge and how I do things. And, you know, I've, I've struggled definitely. we working with other people where they want me to present information to them in a certain way. And, and hu- human design taught me like not meant to just explain
0: myself. I meant to just do as I do. <laughs> Yeah. And that the right people will open every door that you ever want to have. And then you read your gene key and in your purpose. It tells you that uh, you cannot control this or speed up this natural process, um, but you will always ensure that the right help will be moving you forward.
1: Mm-hmm. Which I laughed at earlier when you read that one to me because I was like, damn it, I'm so impatient. <laughs> <laughs> and I just need to relax I need to lay in bed for those two minutes and practice my gratitude and be thankful for the day and know that it's coming to me and not try to control everything
0: yeah and because we do want to feel like other people are experiencing what we feel what the profile in human design gives you which is a personality and then you don't I I can't over identify with my personality I just need to know how the mechanics work so to speak but when you start to Find your people when you start to get a room full of those. This is my, I think, next personal mission, just get a room full of two fours together. Um, I I just, I coach a bunch of one threes and I have a best friend that's a one three. And I'm like, there is such a thread that if all of you knew that this is just the experience of this profile, that you could just breathe a collective sigh of relief and let go of all of the other profiles that are putting their garbage on you, so to speak. And as a two, four, um, I love helping people just not over-explain themselves anymore. It's funny because when you get high up enough and then they do trust you, like this particular yeah. client, like they did trust him. He had that, but he would want to go in and just over-explain. He, part mm. of it, I think, is conditioning because the two, four is always asked to over-explain. Um, and so then when you finally get it, you don't even know how to embrace it sometimes, which is another part of just knowing your mechanics and owning it.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's good to know that about myself and it definitely resonates. And, and that way I can kind of um, let go of the the feeling of needing to overexplain. Cause what I've found um, in the work that I do um, in different companies, like once I make that relationship work and I gain the trust, which, you know, usually just takes a little bit of getting to know them and getting to know each other's styles. I'm always told by people, like, I trust you. Just do whatever, like pretty much do whatever you want. You and make the, the decisions. You
0: want right? The yeah. other ones are kind of, you know, for the birds. Mm. <laughs> for everybody like, else I out don't, there, yeah, they're like, I don't need to know anymore. I totally trust you. Yeah, you do what you think is right. Yeah, the ones that want the, the deep explanation, those are probably six line people because six lines do love to educate on their ideas. As we have (laughs) a good six line friend, Uh, she would love to give you a huge deck and take you into her thought process. And when we can, you know, if we, how do we use this in coaching, you know, how do you use this in, in life? If you want to build a dream team, you know, you start looking at, well, just how do you get the best out of your people and knowing how they align, you know, knowing how to use their design. My purpose is to create sparks wherever I go. And I hope this podcast has sparked some people to maybe even investigate a little bit more for themselves. What does it mean to, to, to check out your human design or what does it mean to even like not listen to a thought leader?
1: Yeah, that's amazing. And, and what I do with my clients, um, with coaching is really just help them to get back in touch with their own auth- authenticity, um, which I think is similar to what human design is doing, but just really figuring out, you know, what, what are the things that you value in life and what makes you happy and it doesn't have to be this grandiose passion and obsession. Um, it can be that kind of quiet whisper that you are like, yes, this is what I've been wanting to do. Yeah.
0: If people were as passionate about finding something that's already inside them, you know, it makes me think of so much of human design always makes me think of Star Wars partly because I get to be Yoda in this scenario, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, the force was within you, right. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, uh, people are like, well, how do you find it? And that's where human design is helpful because sometimes it's hard to find it. Okay. Uh, particularly if you have an open G center, because you're just, we always start with the, what's the first thing people start with in any co- coaching program. What's your purpose. What's your, why, <sighs>
1: D- please well, don't talk to write, about what's
0: your why anymore. I don't I had to write. Yeah, no <laughs> kidding. Simon, you're canceled. Um, you know. <laughs> and when I we create these purposes and then like people tell you, and what's hilarious or synchronistic, however you want to sum it up, is I was told you are like a sparkler on the fourth of, on Independence Day and any Independence Day. Um She said 4th of July and any independence Juneteenth. Like she's like any Uh of them, like you're just a sparkler. Someone else said I was the electricity that charges, lights up a city. Um, Mm -hmm. Like the word spark was literally in what other people told me they saw. And this is 70% of our personality where I'm not telling people what they, something they don't know because they've heard it their whole life. I'm just Mm -hmm. removing the shit (laughs) Yeah, already to be able to give it back to them the way that they remembered it from zero to seven before they were told that they were someone else. So
1: I don't think I've ever been called a sparkler. That's pretty cool. But I have definitely had people tell me that I've connected the dots for them. Yeah, and I, I think too, it's, and that's yeah. a new design. And it's like, they, they do have the answers. They have the knowledge, but sometimes like they just need help teasing it out and seeing how it all connects. Um, and I've been having this analogy in my head of like, you know, finding your purpose. Maybe it's like the car keys that you misplaced. <laughs> They're there in your home. They're somewhere. Maybe if you just stop looking so hard,
0: mm. you'd find it. See, and I always just say, maybe you just live and then see what unravels because mm-hmm. that's what I did. I wasn't searching for my purpose because I just lived. And mm-hmm. then people would talk about like, oh, this 30-year plan or this 10-year plan. I was just like, oh, ah, And when I start to understand my design and I'm meant to interact with strangers, really five ones thrive when they move every five to seven years. Like, well, perhaps that was why that I wasn't thinking about, okay, oh shoot, I'm turning 35 and what am I going to do? I'm getting older and kids, not that I didn't want them. It just, I've allowed, I just live every day on purpose or in my purpose. I don't know if on purpose, like do I choose to, you know, doom scroll? Probably not. But I, uh, I'm an expression of my purpose. If I walk into a bar, I'm going to spark you with something, joy, uh, motivation to make me a drink. I don't know, but hopefully laughter, you know, I'm just doing it every single day. And so when I read it, of course, it makes sense. And as a natural, Marissa, you know, you're just naturally doing whatever it is. It's not even something that you arrive at finding perhaps, but when you look back at your life, if you... We're making decisions based on your intuition and your gut, you're going to just live it. You know, everything about her chart, she lived everything at 62. She just felt empty. Hmm. Because people told her she needed this thing, right? Marissa, where do people find you to learn more about the support that you do in attachment theory and helping people deconstruct uh, their past? (laughs) They can find me at my
1: website. It's marissasenzaki.com spelled M-A-R-I-S-S-A. Senzaki is S-E-N-Z-A-K-I. And Katie,
0: where can people find you or learn more about you getting their human design chart read? They can go to owlprofessionalcoaching.com. Owl Professional has two S's, it turns out, and coaching. (laughs) Uh, And you can follow me on Outstanding Women Leaders on a podcast there on Instagram if you want to check out some other inspiring women that are sharing their stories. Uh, On that podcast, nobody gets to be right. Nobody gets to be wrong because it's not about telling you what to think. It's just about sharing some stories to give you some sparks of inspiration. Mm, Awesome. We'll see you guys next week. In the meantime, don't forget to live, laugh,
1: and shut the fuck up and listen.